Susan Blackmore is a well-known researcher in out-of-body and other psychic experiences. In uh, 1971, she had an out-of-body experience and she said that uh, she wanted to investigate this phenomena. Um, she wrote about this in New Scientist in 2000. She said, it was just over 30 years ago that I had the dramatic out-of-body experience that convinced me of the reality of psychic phenomena and launched me on a crusade to show those closed-minded scientists that consciousness could reach beyond the body and that death was not the end. Then she goes on, just a few years of careful experiments changed all that. I found no psychic phenomena, only wishful thinking, self-deception, experimental error and occasionally fraud. And I became a sceptic. Now, I heard um, an interview with her a couple of years ago. And she was talking about one of the experiments she did. She had some people who had... <coughs> Uh, who could have out-of-body experiences at will and she put them in a MRI scanner and she, when one of these people had the out-of-body uh, experience, she said, can you move your leg in your out-of-body body? And the student was able to move his leg and they were able to monitor the part of the brain that was lit up, that was responding to this. And she said in this interview, she said, well, this proved to me that the out-of-body phenomena was, was nonsense. She said, when they moved their out-of-body leg, the part of the brain associated with moving the leg lit up. Not, she said, the part of the body associated with God or with spirituality. Therefore, she said, this out-of-body experience is just nonsense. Now, I was just dumbfounded at the complete utter stupidity of this. I mean, there's no other word for it. It's a reflection of the kind of thinking that atheists and skeptics have, which is that as soon as you cross an imaginary line from this world into or some uh, parallel world or something out of body or anything like that, you go from scientific reality to religion and belief in God and therefore all bets are off, all the rules change and so on and God's capable of anything so you're in that realm. Now it's stupidity of the first order but it is so common in atheist thinking. The, we live in a multi-dimensional universe and I've talked about this many times before from many different aspects. We know about the three spatial dimensions. We're aware of time in a fuzzy kind of way because we're aware of time in the past but we're not aware of time in the future. And I've talked about this, that um, this phenomena that we can't see into the future is not something inherent in time, it's something inherent in the human psyche, in the, in the consciousness. Um, it's possible to, to see into the future. Um, but we can't do it as human beings. This is our time on Earth. We're unable to do that. And then there's a fifth dimension, 
which relates to entropy and consciousness and I've given talks about this and I've written about this on my website and it is very difficult to understand but one thing that you can understand is that just as there are laws in our three or three and a half dimension time going backwards we can call that half a dimension three and a half dimensional universe you know there's the laws of physics the laws of chemistry you know basic logic if you want to call that you know the sun's risen every day and we can expect that tomorrow morning the sun is going to rise and so on and so on uh, this is what enables us to go about our life. There are certain parameters, certain expectations, certain ways that things happen in our three-dimensional universe. What people don't understand is that there are also laws that extend into four dimensions, five dimensions, and so on. They're not laws that we understand. And the only reason we don't understand them is because we don't, we don't study them, we don't think about them. Uh, they're not part of our culture. What's ironic about this, of course, is that it would be possible to have a world view that incorporated an understanding of five dimensions or six dimensions, and, and conceivably you could still be an atheist because there's nothing necessarily godlike in them. They're... Um, uh, they are how God God manifests in the universe, but then we could also say that about our three dimensions. Um, the reason why um, atheists are unable to accept this is simply because they have um, embedded themselves in this so-called scientific way of thinking, which makes the assumption that the universe is three-dimensional and full with time and doesn't extend beyond that. Now, getting back to Susan Blackmore, the reason why the part of the brain associated with moving is lit up, is, 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 is used when you move your outer body, your outer body body, is because you're moving in a, you're moving in a different dimension, but you're still moving. Um, when you move your physical leg, you're actually moving in a three or four dimensional universe anyway, even just when you're only aware of moving in, in terms of our three-dimensional universe that we're aware of. So it's absurd to think that as soon as you get outside of our three dimensions, uh, that there should be suddenly you into the realm of, of some godlike um existence which is where which doesn't have rules no they have rules but there's different rules now some of the rules or laws that go into four dimensions are laws such as karma the idea that there's a a balance in the universe um you know people will get back their just desserts and this kind of thing karma is is really a mis a misunderstanding of it but there is some reality that there is a, a natural justice in things. Um, if you steal off people, you will suffer um, in terms of finance. You will, you will, you'll have to pay that back. You're really only stealing from yourself. Um, and that's why it's good to be fair in all things. Uh, these are laws of four dimensions.
Now, people sometimes say um, about how God works in this universe, in the world that we know, and they talk about things like, um, you know, is aid, for instance, a punishment from God? Now, the questions, I mean, it's a reasonable question to ask, but when you see it in terms of multiple dimensions, you can see that it's not necessarily... It is a punishment from God in one sense, but it's a manifestation of a, of a law that goes into four, four dimensions. If you have sex outside of marriage, for instance, um, you'll get gratification in our three-dimensional universe. But the effects in the other dimensions um, are, are, are dangerous. They, they will have repercussions that will affect you personally. And things like AIDS and um, th th this kind of thing um, is a result of a cause and effect in that multiple dimensional universe. I've said many times before that when women have abortions, they suffer mentally. And we see this, you know, there are a huge number of women that are on antidepressants. Many of them have had abortions and it causes severe mental problems. They have cut something away from themselves that was living that they'd given that they'd produced that was given birth that were it was a life they killed a life that they were responsible for they had been given a responsible responsibility for and they killed it and at a deep level it affects them severely they can't run away from it and this is what causes mental problems it's not something that people understand in our three-dimensional world and of course you know scientists and the skeptics and the atheists they're very quick to say oh no abortion's quite okay and so on but it's not because it causes these psychological problems which are essentially spiritual problems in the sense that they go beyond our, our three-dimensional world we could say that that is, is there's that spiritual dimension in that sense it has laws. I mean, it's not like Susan Blackmore thinks, well, you're, just, you're outside any laws. No, there are laws, but they're spiritual, what we might call spiritual laws. Now, this thinking that uh, Susan Blackmore has is, is very typical of atheists, and we see it continuously in the arguments of atheists. When we say, for instance, that we have free will, and we're responsible for that free will and there are repercussions and there's a, a heaven and a hell and so on. The atheist would say, well, well, isn't it in God's power that he could have just given us enlightenment and reality and so on and uh, there's no reason to do all this other stuff. Because it's like, well, as soon as you say, well, this is all responsibility, it all comes from God, they say, well, that's it, there's no rules, God can do what he wants. But the point is that the universe is created with rules, it's created with laws, and free will and the repercussions of free will and heaven and hell and so on are aspects of the laws of the universe, and these can be understood. Now, I've said before that nobody is in hell who thinks they're there unjustly and what I mean is is that when you are shown your life and you're shown what you did with your life and you go to, to hell 
you know why you're there. You know, you can see you did you did what you did, and you can see the consequences of your actions. This world is a world of actions with really very little consequences. I mean, certainly the spiritual consequences, we can cut ourselves off from. And the next world is the world of consequences without the actions. You're unable to do anything. Bertrand Russell, I think, another uh, well-known atheist, said that um, when he, if he was confronted, he didn't believe in God, but he said, oh, if I'm confronted with God on the Day of Judgment, and he says, why didn't you believe in me? I simply turn around and I say, well, you, you didn't give me enough proof. Now, of course, the, the arrogance and the, here is absurd. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that when you die, you realize that God was, as it says in the Quran, closer to you than your jugular vein. He was there all the time. And when the curtain, when the vows are lifted, as they say, and you see that, there can be no denying it. You can't say, ah, but you didn't give me enough signs because you realize the signs were there at every moment of every day. They were staring you in the face. The reality of the situation is, is obvious to you. You can't deny it. But the atheist want to deny the rules of the universe. They want to deny the reality. Susan Blackmore says, oh, she, uh, I only saw, you know, uh, bad science and, you know, fraud and that kind of thing when she investigated things. But her criteria, I mean, we see from that example, you know, the, the level of her thinking is, is pretty abysmal, especially for somebody who claims to be a professor. And... Um, this is the level of thinking that the people have, the atheists have. It's a level of thinking that our society encourages. We taught at school these th these things. Now, I've said many times at, um, about our education system and the uh, the indoctrination, really, of our education system. It doesn't teach people how to think. It just um, gives them facts and sometimes some formulas and ways of doing things. Now, there are people um, who can do very complex mathematical problems. They're sometimes called savants. They can work out the square root of a you know a four-digit number just like this, or they can tell you the day of the week that any day fell on, or you know things things like this. And um, when people, if people have that when they're very young, and sometimes they do, they naturally tune into it. They go to school, but the school knocks it out of them. Oh no, you have to show your workings. You have to do it our way. And of course, their way is that left-brained way, that tedious way of doing things where you take one step and then you do the next step and then you do the next step. The right-brained way of learning is to step back from it and you see it. And I've talked about this before and probably will in a future talk about the left-brained way of learning, which is where we learn a fact and then we learn another fact and we learn another fact. And when we've built up enough facts and we learn enough things, we're given an exam to see how good a 
understood it and then we go on to the next stage and of course the people who are good at this are the people who are remembering and the people who have a natural ability to pass exams it doesn't really show any understanding now if you think about the repercussions of that we have doctors, we have professors we have people like Susan Blackmore who got to where they are because they passed exams that were set by other people who thought the same way as they did they don't necessarily have an ability to understand things in a, a multi-dimensional kind of way. They're simply able to do it. They're like monkeys. They can perform a lot of tricks. Um, it's really of no no use. They could, they're no better than a well. They're no certainly no better than a computer. And now with AI. AI can often outperform these people anyway. You know, it's been proved that AI can diagnose people's diseases better than most doctors because doctors simply go through a series of uh, parameters that they learn to a college, and they, you know, and they pop out with some diagnosis at the end. Very often wrong. Very often wrong. And AI can do a better job. Now, of course, in the old days when people had a better understanding of things, they could tune into you, they could tune into your body. Chinese medicine, when done properly, works in this way because it treats not just some arbitrary symptom, but the holistic operation of the body. When people are ill, what they're suffering from is a, a result, uh, not a cause, it's an effect. And in Chinese medicine, holistic medicine, there's the overall flow of qi, qi energy, in the body, and where these are blocked, and where these are, this qi energy is being misdirected or becoming unbalanced. The holistic Chinese doctor will attempt to regain, redress the balance there, and as a result of that, the symptom what you'd call the disease, goes away. In Western medicine, they learn simply uh, a mechanical way. In fact, they are taught of the body as if it's a machine. And doctors can get, many doctors will get quite irate if you talk about the mind-body connection and how the mind can actually affect the body in... Um, in ways that will affect that so-called machine. Now, the body has a mechanical aspect to it because it's in a three-dimensional world, but there's also the fourth and the fifth and sixth dimensions and so on, of which the body is also a manifestation of. We have an ephemeral body, a chi energy body, which exists within our body because our body exists in these other dimensions and doctors don't know about this and of course when you're on the level of Susan Blackmore and that kind of way of atheistic narrow-minded thinking of course you're not really going to get very far in diagnosing diseases um, and in reality I mean you know people hold doctors as being quite wonderful the average doctor is is really no better than um 
chance very often and certainly Chinese doctors will often do a better job in my experience osteopaths uh, do a much better job on the back than doctors do um, because they're trained more holistically so more of this later on I think listening you can email me phil at graham.net you can look at my website philip with one l dot graham.net graham is b-r-a-h-a-m and if you send an email put podcast in the subject so it doesn't get lost thank you